one part of you know being a good investor is diversification, having investments you know some zig, some zag, not everything doing the same thing. So I definitely would recommend uh, you know diversify your portfolio, and you can do this a lot of different ways. If you uh, if you're not going to have the time or just even the interest, I mean this has been a lifelong hustle for me basically, uh, grinding building out my real estate portfolio. Um, but I've been lucky enough. I fell into something where it's essentially my hobby turned into my career, and I just love this. So um, it's worked out for me. But if it's not something that sounds like you would love, then you can invest in other people's deals. Listen, everybody, we all know that real estate is the most proven way to build wealth. But why isn't everyone wealthy from real estate then? It's hard to know where to start, and most of the education out there is just complete trash, and you end up investing your money on a series of courses instead of in real estate. That's not how this podcast works. We give you the blueprint to successful real estate investing and bring on guests actually willing to share their secrets. I started my real estate investing journey as a freshman in college when I bought my first duplex and have been in the trenches doing deals ever since. And today, I now own hundreds of millions of dollars of investment property. On this podcast, you will learn what you actually need to know to be a successful active or passive real estate investor. And we'll offer our takes on what's happening today so you can navigate this market and build wealth. I'm Drew Brenneman, and this is the Brenneman Blueprint. Here we go. Another episode of the Brenneman Blueprint. Glad to have you here today. So today's episode, I want to just jump right in and talk about how you make money investing in real estate. What are the ways you make money? What drew me to real estate investing? Uh, this is a common question I get on like, how do these things actually make money? Like, where do you uh, get the return? Like, everyone knows about investing in stocks or bonds or how those work, uh, but how does it work investing in real estate? Where what are like the levers that actually generate my return? So, uh, and really, like when I was first starting out, I was sixteen, seventeen years old, uh, reading about investing. And I already was highly motivated, uh, ambitious kid. So I didn't have any issue there um, kind of figuring out like, okay, I want to invest. Uh, I think investing is important. I think savings is important. I'm not okay to put in the work. Um, and I started reading about all these different alternative investments and the stock market and bonds and just all sorts of stuff. And I just really, really was drawn to real estate. And what drew me to real estate was you're essentially combining a small business uh, and you're putting debt on it, you're levering it up, um, and you're creating these high returns on something that is fundamentally not as risky as a lot of other uh alternative investments where if you think about comparing real estate to investing with like oil or gas or does energy things like real estate a lot of times your your income it's like it's signed contracts with individuals renting apartments or uh, companies signing leases so you have a really predictable stream of income uh, and then expenses that are pretty easy to understand so I just really liked how simple it was and you're combining a small business with leverage, uh, the returns are actually quite high because there's some downsides to it too, where uh, the investments are not liquid. So you buy a piece of property. It's not like a stock where you can just go press a button and sell it in a minute. You know, this is a highly illiquid investment. So there needs to be some sort of return premium for that illiquid uh, nature of the asset. 
as well as it's a lot of work uh, running these deals and being a property manager. So there needs to be some premium on your return because you're taking on all this additional risk where if these deals uh, and risk from a uh, liquidity standpoint and risk from a time standpoint. Um, so I, I liked that aspect of it where it was simple to understand. It wasn't like uh, some complicated business. I don't understand how it would work or I needed some special skill. Like this is just everyone's rented an apartment in their lives or, you know, uh, had a, you know, had a business where they need to lease space or something like this is uh, an attainable type of investment. It wasn't like I'm looking at opening up a bunch of like brain surgery clinics or something wild that I could have a hard time wrapping my mind around. So how do these deals actually make money? I mean, really, there's four ways they make money and then like a fifth benefit. Um, and, and way number one is through cash flow. Cash flow, I think that's pretty simple. Everyone is familiar with that, where every month or year, however you want to measure it in terms of time, you collect revenue, you pay your expenses, and then you're left over with, with money at the end of the year, at the end of the day. And that actual cash sitting there that's left is referred to as cash flow. So like if you are only in these, this business for cash flow, there's actually going to be, there's better businesses out there just on a pure cash flow basis, whether, um, you know, like I would think in, uh, assets that are not going up in value, they have to have more cash flow. So if you, uh, just want cash flow, I would think investing in laundry mats or ATMs or those kind of things uh, would generate more cash flow. Um, but in terms of a total return, uh, I I doubt that they uh, compare with real estate relative to the risk. So uh, cash flow is way number one, and I think that's pretty simple, something people are familiar with. Uh, and way number two is through principal paydown. So just like if you bought a house before or taken out a student loan or a car loan or any kind of loan, when you make your monthly payments, part of the payment is for your interest and part of it is for principal. So in a, it, what's nice in a rental property situation is you're making those same payments every month, but the money that you're using to make those payments, that's from the rental income. So essentially the way you view the principal pay down is that's additional money you're making every month, where if you buy a property and every month you pay your loan down $500, you're making an additional $500 that month. You don't get it immediately. You need to sell or do a refinance or, or something down the line to access that money. But that's that's wealth you're building. That's uh, still part of the return. So you have cash flow, principal pay down, and the third way is through appreciation. That everybody I'm sure is familiar with uh, from investing in stocks or just anyone who's bought a, uh, a home before where real estate over long periods of time has always gone up in value. So you have uh, an, an appreciating asset that you're able to take a certain amount of money. Uh, you know, let's call it, you have a $20,000 you want to put down on a property. You can buy a $100,000 property by putting 20% down. And now you're growing this $100,000 asset uh, every year. So you know, the way I thought about it, where it really clicked for me, where I was like, well, this real estate thing is pretty interesting, was in a basic, uh, and I recommend this book to everybody if they want to get started in real estate investing. Uh, there's no magic uh, formula in the book or anything. They just break down kind of simply um, the ins and outs of real estate investing in topics like this. And the book's called Real Estate Investing by Gary Eldred. 
So I was reading that book and he's breaking down the four ways you make money in real estate, just like I am now. And he gets to the appreciation part and, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to tell like, well, how much cash flow would I have or pay this loan down? That's making money pretty slow. Uh, you know, I'm 17 years old reading the book and, um, would, you know, like to make money a little quicker than just paying your loan down over 30 years. And he gets to the appreciation example and his example, you know, I'm reading this book in like 2002 or 2003. So for the last 30 years or more, homes have just gone straight up in value, you know, three, 4% on average every year. And so his example was you, you put 10% down and the property goes up 3% in value a year. So in my example, let's just use these super round numbers where you put 10% down on a $100,000 property. That's $10,000. And then it goes up 3%. The $100,000 going up 3% is $3,000 that year. On your $10,000 investment, that $3,000 in appreciation is a 30% return. And I heard that and you know, my sort of clicked for me where I said, wow, the returns could be really high in this. And, uh, and not that risky relative to that kind of outsized return. The more that I did it, uh, I started investing in real estate. It, 10% down is not the norm these days. So don't, uh, that was just the example that clicked for me. Um, most people that are investing in real estate are putting 20% down, I'd say, or more, uh, 20, 25, 30% down. There's programs out there where you can put down 5% or, or smaller down payments and, uh, I, I think those programs are totally fine to use if you use them responsibly. Uh, there's also a FHA program where it's three and a half percent down if you uh, owner occupy the property, which that's a great, great strategy to get into a rental property, as well as there's VA loans, which uh, for veterans where there's, I believe, no money down. And those... Uh, you know, borrowing more and getting into these deals, I think makes a lot of sense. And just the only word of caution I'd have, um, obviously a lot of people, they say, oh, I'd never put down less than 20% and, you know, don't do this, don't do that. But, you know, a lot of times those people are super successful at that point. They're doling out that advice and they took a bunch of chances that they're just sort of forgetting about along the way. Um, so I haven't lost sight of that. You know, if you're a new real estate investor, you're going to have to take some chances. You're going to have to um, potentially put less money down on a deal. Uh, and all I would say is if you're going to be into anything that's more than 80% LTV, you need to have uh, significant reserves. And that's just going to be relative to the to the deal. It's just I would definitely not recommend anybody put their last dollar into a down payment where you're putting down three and a half percent or five percent because things go wrong at these properties. You have uh, tenants skip out on paying rent. You have uh, or even worse, they don't pay rent and they stay in there. And then you got to have an eviction and no money's coming in or you need to replace the roof or your sewer breaks. There's a lot of, uh, you know, issues that come up along the way uh, as you own more property. I, I wouldn't th let that discourage you. I guess I'm throwing out some of these worst case things. Um, but, you know, none of that stuff happened to me on my first deal. So don't let's not get bogged down with that. Uh, these uh, bad scenarios. So it's more just if you're going to step into a really highly levered deal, you need reserves. So that appreciation thing really clicked for me. And even to this day, a lot of times I'll be a part of a deal and uh, I'll just think, what would I make on this? So let's say I buy a 
uh, and I think over like a 30-year period. So let's say I buy a $2 million property with my own money. I think to myself, all right, in 30 years, this thing will at, will at least double in value and I'll pay the loan off. So I've just made $4 million. I just need to stay in the deal. So it's worth two today and I have a loan on it, put my down payment in. But if I could just ride it out, obviously there'll be cash flow and other things along the way. I'm just saying like, ignore that for a second to keep this sort of simple uh, mental exercise in my head. You pay two and in 30 years it's worth 4 million and you have it paid off. You've made $4 million or you have 4 million now. I guess you still have your down payment in the deal. So I still do that to this day on longer term holds. Like I like to keep things pretty simple sometimes. Um, and still, that's what I do. So uh, that's that's how I kind of combine ap- appreciation and principal pay down in my head as well. So, and then the fourth way you make money in this is through the tax efficiency. So real estate has a lot of tax benefits that you hear people talk about, but they can't really almost explain because you know your your accountant handles this. So if you're new to real estate investing, you don't need to know. Uh, these next couple of things I'm going to say, it's just, just know there's like an additional benefit out there coming to you. So benefit number one is what you're paying taxes on year to year. So in real estate investing, you get to deduct for depreciation. There is a depreciation expense, not to be confused with appreciation, but depreciation. So depreciation, most people know that as when something goes down in value, but for tax purposes, there's a depreciation deduction that's available. So let's say you uh, you buy an, a residential property and you just own it on your own. You have um, you report the income and expenses on your tax return, but you also get to deduct for depreciation. So you actually write the building improvement value off over a 27 and a half year period. So let's say your building is worth. Uh, I'll just make up a round number here, 2.75 million, uh, not not including the land, just only the building improvements. You're able to take a $100,000 a year deduction, 2.75 million divided by 27 and a half uh, is 100,000. So you are taking an additional $100,000 a year deduction on that property. So let's say you pay, you have your income, your expenses, uh, you deduct also your mortgage interest, and then after all that, let's say you have $100,000 of income left. Then your depreciation expense comes in, wipes it out to zero. So you don't pay any taxes yet. When you go sell, there is depreciation recapture that needs to be paid. You can do a 1031 exchange, uh, which is a way you can defer paying capital gains or depreciation recapture as well. So you have all these tax benefits, depreciation expense, interest expense, 1031 exchange is available to you. So all these levers you can pull. You can also, if you want, let's say on this example where you bought the $2.75 million property, let's say that goes up in value. You've paid your loan down to a million dollars. You can go to your lender and say, hey, this property is worth three something million now. Here's what the rents, here's what the income is. Here's the net operating income. I'd like to take out a loan for a million and a half now or two million and you only owe one. Uh, you can you go out and you can borrow more. So let's say you have your $1 million loan and you take out a new one for $2 million. You pay the $1 million off and your $1 million of remaining loan proceeds gets wired to your bank account and you can do whatever you want with it. 
So from there, and also depending on what you do with the money, uh, if you reinvest it into another uh, rental property, that million dollars in my example, you can also still deduct the additional interest expense. So now we're getting real in the weeds on tax stuff. So um, definitely encourage you. I'm not a CPA. I'm not uh, an accountant. And so this is information, just informational purposes only, uh, not to be fully relied on. You know, any of these kind of things, you would definitely want to talk with your accountant about it. I mean, they're going to be the ones doing your tax return anyway. So uh, any of these kind of moves, you're going to want to run by them or uh, that would be who to ask these questions to. And that's how I know all this stuff is just from talking to my accountants and just learning over the years. When I first got started, I didn't have a clue about... um, the different tax benefits. I just I knew there was is gonna not be a lot of tax owed. I didn't understand fully like how it all worked and um, don't get bogged down with that. If you're a new investor, just know um, there's cash flow. You're paying your loan down. The building's going up and there's gonna be tax breaks. Like don't overcomplicate things. And the last benefit to investing in real estate, this isn't really one of the ways to make money. So I guess I said there's four ways uh, to make money. And then there's like a fifth one, but what it's called like a benefit because this isn't how you, isn't really like a making money method. But real estate investing has a very low correlation with other investments. So if you think, so uh, when you look at correlations between investments, so like a 1.0 correlation would mean the two investments we're comparing move in exactly the same manner. When one goes up by two, the other one goes up by two. A zero correlation means there's no similarity. A negative one correlation move means they move exactly the opposite. If one goes up to the other would go down to. Um, so then private real estate investing, there's a, uh, a private real estate index called NACREF out there. So that's your best indice for how private real estate performs. And that has a 0.14 correlation with the S&P 500. So extremely low correlation. So what's great with that and a 0.054 correlation with treasuries. So if you're investing in the stock market or treasuries, there's that's almost at zero, the correlation with these uh, with real estate investing and the other things you're in. So one part of you know being a good investor is diversification, having investments, you know, some zig, some zag, not everything doing the same thing. So I definitely would recommend, uh, you know, diversify your portfolio and you can do this a lot of different ways. If you, uh, if you're not going to have the time or just even the interest, I mean, this has been a lifelong hustle for me, basically, uh, grinding, building out my real estate portfolio. Um, but I've been lucky enough. I fell into something where it's essentially, my hobby turned into my career and I just love this. So um, it's worked out for me, but if it's not something that sounds like you would love, then you can invest in other people's deals. Uh, There's real estate private equity funds you can invest in. There's uh, individual deals you can invest in. I shot a whole episode on this. I think it's called the four or five ways to make, uh, to invest in real estate. So I checked that one out. Um, I believe that came out in like October or November 2022. Um, so that I would check that episode out if for I- ideas on different ways to invest. Uh, my, our company, Brandon Capital, we, we have individuals in, and family offices and different funds invest in our deals. Um, and so if this isn't something where you think, oh, I want to take all this on, but I still want to get these benefits, cash flow, appreciation, principal pay down, 
tax benefits, the low correlation to other investments, check out our website uh, or check out another companies. I mean, it'd be great if you'd invest with us, but it's more important to me that uh, you get the diversification and the benefits to real estate. Uh, Brenneman.com is our website. And then you can learn about our portfolio and what we're up to, as well as if you want to get started as an investor, uh, we have a invest now button in the upper right corner where you can uh, get started as a passive real estate investor in our deals and get all these benefits without having to do any of the work. Uh, and then we charge fees to the partnership for the work we're doing and get an additional kicker on the profits the deals generate after a certain return. So that's why we're doing it. But a lot of times I like to tell people we essentially pay for ourselves because we find better deals and that make more, generally speaking, um, no, no returns are guaranteed, obviously. Uh, but it's um, it's a lot of times we realize we're paying for ourselves with uh, with the high, with the better deals we're finding than the average investor would. So um, that's really how how it works. What I like about real estate investing, the four ways to make money plus that additional uh, low correlation benefit. So I uh, hope that was insightful for everybody. And that's what, at least especially on that appreciation one, that's where the light bulb really went off for me. And even combining the appreciation and the loan pay down thing in my head um, on, on the, hey, this $2 million deal I'm buying will be worth four and paid off someday. That's almost in my head. That's kind of like the worst case scenario I think about. Like there's no cash flow, let's say. It's a total uh, disaster year to year. And But it still is going to go up and we're still paying that loan off with the tenant's, uh, tenant's rent. So it's a great, great, great investment, great business to get into. Uh, it's been life-changing for me. So appreciate you guys listening to this episode. And we'll take care. We'll see you on the next episode. If you learned something from today's show, leave a review and hit that subscribe button wherever you enjoy your podcast. Dive deeper into real estate investing on Brenneman Capital's website, Brenneman.com, where we have numerous free resources and information that can help both active and passive real estate investors. Accredited investors can get started today as a passive investor in our multifamily investment opportunities by hitting the Invest Now button on our website. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Drew Brenneman and guests as of the date of recording and do not purport to reflect the views or opinions of Brenneman Capital LLC and its subsidiaries. Views and opinions are provided for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon or deemed as investment or tax advice or an offer to buy or sell securities. The speaker cannot be held responsible for any direct or incidental loss incurred by applying any of the information offered.